Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, this is the time of year I usually see a lot of people posting that this is the month that they're going to quit drinking. Maybe they had a boozy holiday or they want to start off the new year sober and refreshed, and that's fair. But for some people, myself included, sobriety isn't about dry January. It's a life-saving decision we choose to make every day. That's something that author and Pittsburgh resident Brian Broom and I can vibe about. He joined me at City of Asylum recently to talk about the lows of drug and alcohol abuse, the highs of getting sober, and everything in between that kind of helps him maintain. It's Thursday, January 13th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. My clean date anniversary was the 5th um, of December, and so it's been nine years. Congratulations. Thank you. I didn't think that would ever happen. I remember going um, to my first um, support group meeting and, you know, there were people who were doing like the lead, they were leading the meeting and they were talking about how they had been clean for uh, 25 years or 15 years or whatever, like long stretches of time. And I remember thinking like they're lying. Like I thought they were lying. I was like, because I couldn't even conceive of going a day without being high like and so now here at the nine-year mark you know I'm one of those people that I thought was lying I'm gonna give you the obligatory how did you do it no not the how did you do it <laughs> you know I don't follow a traditional I, I didn't follow the traditional sort of like AA path but I did take a lot from AA one of the most important things I think is a very simple one like I wake up in the morning and the first thing I say is not today um, not today, meaning like I'm not going to use today. It, it's kind of a mind trick, <laughs> you know, because the, you know, the, the, uh, implicit in that is maybe tomorrow, you know, but, but not today, you know? So, um, I've been doing that every morning for nine years, like not today. And it sort of sets the tone for the day and that's how I've been doing it. And also just trying to unburden myself, um, with you know my anxiety issues, my depression issues, my ADHD issues, you know, just trying to find healthy outlets for those. And people tend to think that getting sober, you have to hit just this one horrible rock bottom, hmm. or you know, you have this like come to Jesus moment where you're in the gutter and yeah, <laughs> you know, somebody hands you a pamphlet or something. And, yeah, and, and, just, and you're on your way to sobriety. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I think that's probably true for some people. But I, you know, looking back, I probably had a lot of rock bottoms, um, you know, and each one to different degrees of rock and bottom. Like I hit a point and I was like, wow, I am just I'm exhausted. Like I am so tired of the way my life is going. Um, and um, I didn't just I mean, I didn't decide to go to rehab on my own. There was an incident <laughs> that I would define as a rock bottom incident. And I was there for a few days and I just remember thinking, God, you know, I am so tired. It was the first time I had been sober for more than 24 hours, you know, and uh, it was at that point it started to sink in. Like, I think I'm really exhausted and I'm doing life wrong. Like, I should probably try something else because what I'm doing isn't working. Do you do you remember and do you care to share like what that moment was that you were like, oh, I got to I got to get my shit together. I 
Remember when I went to um, rehab, which was uh, Greenbrier, um, in in Washington County. Like I said, I thought I was fooling everybody, um, and I was in a room with this guy who snored. He just snored like a tractor, like, and I was tossing and turning, and I was like, I got to get out of here. This is ridiculous. Like you know, so I in the middle of the night I. I went to the front desk, like I walked down the hall to the front desk and I, there was a nurse on duty and I said to her like, look, this has been great, <laughs> but I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. I want you to call, I want you to give me my phone back because they take your phone. I want you to give me my phone back so I can call my friend to come get me. And she was like, no. Um, and she looked me, I mean, it was the first time I think anybody had really like, it was like she looked through me. Um, and she said, you look terrible. Like, and she was like, and you wouldn't believe how many people come to me and say, you know, help me get out of here. And she was like, just give it a couple of days. Give it a couple of days. I remember very clearly, like she was looking me right in my eyes. Give it a couple of days. And she said, you're going to die. You know, I can just see it. And um, that was the moment where I was like, I'll give it a couple days. And I gave it a couple days and I gave it the whole stretch. And then at the end, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> no, I, um, I didn't know rehab was a thing. I knew starlets went to rehab. I mean, I knew some girls from my high school, but they were white. You know, they went to rehab like at a very young age. But I always assumed, which I, I was eventually, but like that you had to basically be like in a gutter. You know what I mean? Like you have to it has to right. be the last resort for you to go to rehab. Um, yeah. Did you know anybody or like were you familiar with what was going to happen? You know, I I'm trying to think of what my attitude was toward rehab before I went. You know, it was. um a shameful thing, definitely. I think black people in America, generally, I don't think we talk about mental health enough. I think it is always this sort of um, attitude, well, get stronger. You know, you, you're black in America, you need to be strong. You need to be strong, you need to be resilient. Um, and the idea of getting help for your problems gets conflated with weakness. Um, it may be like that in a lot of cultures, but I, I definitely feel like it's that way um, for black Americans. Absolutely. Um, so the idea of going to rehab for me was like, oh, well that's, you know, like you said, it's for, uh, you know, Hollywood, pampered Hollywood people who can't take it or whatever. They have everything in the world and they all they wanna do is, you know, I never saw myself going there. I never thought I never saw myself as needing to go. Never um, saw yourself as an addict. No, not ever. No, um, it was always this. You know, I'm just partying too hard. I need to slow down. It was never stop. Uh, I know about being broke and then hanging out with people that you don't even want to hang out with because yep. you want to use uh, or just drink. And God. I don't even like people that much. Yeah, and I don't. I hate people. This is one thing I've learned. I. I used to think I was a people person, but what I am is a drug and alcohol person because <laughs> I would like, I would be so social, like when the drugs were flowing, I'd be like, oh yeah, well going to places, whatever, when I knew there were gonna be drugs there, but now absent 
drugs and alcohol. I'm like, I just want to stay at home by myself and read my book. Fuck these people. I can't stand them, you know? I used to think that was like my best self. Just cocaine and, and Molly self. That was the best Morgan. Really? Yeah. Really? I thought I was just so cool on it. I thought it made me like so relaxed and so malleable. And, and you felt cool. I finally felt like I fit in. Like, yeah, you know, like exactly it, right. I didn't like people really. It's right. not even people that I don't like. It's just I'm not that social. Right. Yeah. Do you think that that's like anxiety based or oh, no I'm riddled with anxiety yeah me too riddled with and that's it. the thing it's like people I, like i was saying earlier like um you know i remember people saying to me why can't you just stop partying stop partying grow up stop partying and i always thought to myself like this does not feel like i'm partying like this feels necessary in a way that i can't explain this, com this this compulsion to do this but and i realize now you know that i was fighting anxiety the last thing i could do when i was drunk and coked up was be anxious you know i i i, I think i wrote about it once in like doing drugs and and drinking for me was like s somebody throwing a bucket of water on a pile of burning leaves like it was just like, and it was gone. And that's why I wanted to stay that way. Not because I was partying, you know, I mean, that was part of it, I guess, but like, it was because something was being removed, not added. I found a lot more empathy for people suffering with addiction since coming to the acknowledgement that I have my own. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I found getting sober in Pittsburgh to be very isolating. You think? Um, just, well, being black and getting yeah. sober in Pittsburgh. I have so many things I want to say. Yeah, it's just very dismissive and invalidating of, you know, we have, I feel like, an extra layer right. um, to oh, yeah. our, our journey in sobriety that is not acknowledged in Pittsburgh. And they don't want, and not even just in Pittsburgh, but like, they don't want you to acknowledge it. They don't want you to be in the rooms and talk about how your race has in some way impacted. Right. Um, I'm also a gay man too, so there was another layer added. Um, when I first started going to meetings, I went to LGBTQIA plus meetings, um, and there was, that had its own issues, right? Like people were hooking up, um, and then I met racist gay people, <laughs> right? And I was like, well, shit, I have not found Nirvana. It's like a screeching halt. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, well, well, then I started going to, and at the, I don't know if, if the black meetings still exist in Pittsburgh because it took me one meeting. Uh, I, I went to maybe a couple, maybe. I, I'm, I'm selling myself short. It was a black meeting and it was all Christian based. It was all God based. And that it was like going to church. And I'm not a religious person. Um, and I'm also gay, which also kind of made me uncomfortable, you know, because um, the people in that space did not appreciate that. So I was like, you know, where, where do I go? You know, I find it tremendously disappointing when I go to meetings and I encounter racism because I still, there's still that naive part of me that's like, we can't be racist. We all have the same problem. We can't be racist. We are all gay. We can't be racist. We're all addicts, you know. Um, and every time I encounter a person who, who defies that for me, I am a little bit crushed. Yeah. And as you say, it's isolating. And what I chose was to kind of embrace the isolation. So you, you started writing 
in in rehab. In rehab, yeah. What were you doing professionally? I'll, I'll be general. I was working for a roadside assistance company. Everybody there was miserable, fluorescent lighting, and I had a, I probably shouldn't say this either, but whatever, I don't work there anymore. I had a bottle in my desk drawer just to sort of like get through it. It was a way to make money that I just found was torturous. Torturous and it was very bureaucratic. You know, and my, my addiction was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And part of the reason when my friends were like, you need to go get help. Part, part of the reason I agreed is because like, well, it needs to be a couple days off AAA. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to get away from there. And then I went to rehab and, you know, they gave me this pad and pen and I just started writing. And that's, and I wrote a book never intending to, you know. And now mm -hmm. my whole life is different. For our last question, I would say what, and I mean, I'll direct it to me, but also to anyone else who's young and black and might hear this or old and black and might hear this or middle and black and might hear this. But like what, what advice do you have for someone that's early in sobriety or someone that's thinking about making this jump to our now very boring life? <laughs> You know, I mean, people have said that to me before. Aren't you bored now? And I'm like, yeah, but it's a good board. It's a good board. It's a good board. Like if your life is, if you're out of control and things are spinning around and you've heard something, you know, that you recognize in this conversation that we've had, just try to find a support system. You know, um, I was very lucky. You know, the one thing that AAA did for me was I had health insurance. That's another thing that, you know, that that falls down racial lines as well um but try to get to a meeting like if if you are tired there is a way out and it does get better um and i guess that's the only advice that i i have you know not necessarily profound not nothing that anybody's not heard before um but that's the simplest thing um, that could help you you know uh, to get out of active addiction Brian, thank you. And congratulations again on nine years. Uh, nine years. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, but this has been amazing. Thank you so much. It really was a pleasure to be here. Thank you again to City of Asylum for hosting Brian and I for this conversation. And if you're looking for resources for how to get clean in Pittsburgh, check out Pennsylvania Organization for Women in Early Recovery. That's power to their friends. They provide care for women in addiction. Their phone number is 412-243-8755, and anyone can call the power line. For our trans siblings in Pittsburgh, there's also Grow to Succeed, a project of Sisters PGH. You can visit their website at sisterspgh.org. All right, now let's get to some news. Megan Harris is CityCast Pittsburgh's senior producer, Megan, let's lighten the mood a little bit. What's bringing you joy this week? Yeah, this is a submission from our newsletter editor, Francesca DeBecco. Um, she just found out about this new ice cream parlor on Butler Street in Lawrenceville. It's called Salty Paws, and they make a bunch of different treats just for dogs and cats. That's a really cute name, but isn't it bad to give animals ice cream? Yeah, that's true. And it's a little pricey, but all their flavors are lactose and sugar-free. So if you go there, it's okay for your favorite critters.
Mm, This is why I have plants. (laughs) Looking ahead to Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday, the Kelly Strayhorn Theater in East Liberty is honoring MLK with this year's theme, Give Me Liberty. It's focused on the power of activism, and they're collaborating with Boom Concepts, the art gallery in Garfield, to make a day filled with, quote, empowering art, music, and dance. And that's free, right? Yeah, but thanks to Omicron, our COVID numbers in Allegheny County are way up again. So the theater is going to be at half capacity. Make sure you get there early and masks will be required regardless of vaccination status. And speaking of vaccination status, there's some surprising news out of Pitt. Yeah, earlier this week, unvaccinated Pitt students were disenrolled for not complying with the school's vaccination requirement. So that represents a little less than 2,000 people across all campuses. That's, I think, 50,000 people or so total. Um, But they are getting their tuition back if they've been disenrolled. Um, And for those that remain, classes are expected to be all virtual for now. It's wild time. So if you're a local student and you want to talk about what it's like going to college during the pandemic, I can't imagine. Let's chat. You can drop us a line at Pittsburgh at CityCast.fm. That's it for CityCast Pittsburgh. Our lead producer is Matt Stroud. Megan Harris is the senior producer. Francesca DeBecco writes our newsletter. And if you like our music, it's by Benji. I'm your host, Morgan Moody. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on Apple so people like you can find us too. Our morning newsletter is fresh every day, so you can subscribe online at pittsburgh.citycast.fm. We'll be back Tuesday with more news from around the city. We'll see you then. My mom says, uh, is it is it because of me? Like, you, you get brought up a couple times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you should just say yes and then walk away. <laughs>